Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. Before I introduce today's guest, I have three short housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like our content, the best way to support us is simply to like, subscribe, comment, or share this episode with your friends and family. Second, we are active investors ourselves and are always on the lookout for mobile home, RV, mixed-use commercial, and multifamily properties in MSAs with a population of 100,000 or more. So if you are also an active investor and have something you think we may be interested in, we would love to take a look. Send us the details of the deal at www.therealestateinvestingclub.com. Third, if you are a new investor and would like to learn how to get started or scale your real estate investing business, go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to check out our course. So without further ado, let's dive right in. We have a very special guest with us today, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. All right, we are live. Today we have William Morales with us from One Will Properties in the good old New York City. William, how are you doing out there in the heat? I'm I'm good, Gabriel. I mean, I appreciate you having me on. It's like I told you earlier before we recorded, it's scorching out here, which I love. I love the summer. We're in the upper 80s, so I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> that's that's 80 with 100% humidity, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to have in your apartment the AC on all night and all day, you know? And if you're going outside, you better be in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> and, have, and, and plenty of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Stay hydrated. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm going to grab my water here. Um, William, to get us started, why don't you tell everybody, you know, who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in real estate in the first place. Sure. Uh, my name is William Morales. I'm from New York City. I lived here all my life. I started investing, well, let me put it this way. I got interested in investing in 2007. I went to my first seminar in 2006, uh, which was called the Real Estate Wealth and Expo Show here in New York City. Uh, I bought a a course, and my first boot camp was in January, and then I became a seminar junkie for years, which was a bad thing. I jumped from niche to niche without finishing anything. And it wasn't until, seriously, it was like almost eight to 10 years before I finally, well, I bought my first real estate, let's say it was a stock. It was a a real estate investment trust, a REIT, yeah. And then I bought some individual real estate stocks. And then I bought my first property in 2017, September in in Pittsburgh. Um, In 2016, a friend of mine sent me a video of someone being interviewed about owner financing and creative financing. And Gabriel hit me like a light. I said, this is what I want to do. That's it. And I bought my first property in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. Uh, the realtor was so great. He walked me through anything. I never went to Pittsburgh at all. Um, the property was on the market for over a hundred days. The bank owned it. Uh, I made an off the property was being sold for 27,000 between 27 and 30,000. It was on the market for 101 days. I made an offer of 8,000 in cash. Uh, yeah, the realtor (laughs) said, no, they're going to turn it down, which they did. Um, two weeks later, Gabriel, they called me back the realtor and said, is your offer still available? And I should have known, which I didn't. Now I do. I should have said, yeah, I will. I could do it, but only for 5,000. Well, I offered the full eight eight thousand. 
uh, he found me a tenant buyer uh, about three or four weeks later. And since September of 2017, the buyer that's there has been paying on time and it's owner finance. So I'm not in charge of anything. Uh, he's in charge of uh, fixing the place up and everything. So that's what I want to do. And that's what I wanted to do going forth. And then I did that again in Orlando, uh, which I have a brother that's there. So he was my eyes and ears. And I saw a property that was on the market for 90 days. It was a for sale by owner. Uh, I approached him and he said that he was, you know, he wanted to move up a little north to be closer to family. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm willing to offer you full price if you give me terms. He didn't know what that meant. So I kind of, I told the man, I said, listen, I pay you monthly for three years, five years, whatever we negotiate. And it's a five-year deal. And then I turned around and found me a tenant buyer. Uh, I found a realtor. And since January, I've been collecting, uh, you know, uh, a mortgage, a note. So that's where I'm at today. I haven't done anything since. After the pandemic hit, I kind of slowed down a little bit, but I'm hoping in the fall of this year or early next year, I get back on track. Awesome. I love it. So let me, I'm just going to try to uh, try to summarize everything you just said, because I, there's a few things that I picked up from it. Um, but I mean, just to get, you know, go back to the start, you started, it sounds like 2007, you were, uh, you were one of the seminar guys, one of the guys. Oh my God. Yeah. Gabe, Gabe, I went. All the time. Every week I found something on the newspaper or whatever, and I went. But then, you know, and I'm pretty sure you or your audience went through this. You get the upsell. So, of course, might be, you know, a weekend of 500 bucks, but then the upsell of 30,000, 15,000, 20,000. I'm like, wow. And so, pretty soon after, I'd say maybe in 20, maybe three or four years of going to these things, I finally stopped. I said, that's it. I'm not going to yeah. these things anymore. Um, yeah, but, but, but I did learn, but it was just pretty much the, it was the upsell. That's what they wanted. They they wanted to get you for that boot camp. I'm not against courses, but it has to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you got to make sure that they're in it for, uh, for your education as well. And not just a check because there are some, uh, there's some guys out there that'll fleece you. Um, I mean, education is super important when it comes to real estate investing. Um, it's easy to, to lose money if you don't know what you're doing, but, yeah. um, you don't want to get carried away, and when it comes, there's there's a lot of courses that are overpriced. Um, we're actually launching a course at uh, the Real Estate Investing Club, but our price is going to be very very reasonable because I don't want to uh, <laughs> have stories like this where people are angry that uh, they didn't get their values worth. So yeah, um, so I'm glad you know you were on that treadmill. You were kind of you were on the learning curve. You just kept going to seminar, seminar, seminar. Um, eventually, 2000 and well, I didn't even write it down. It sounds like 2017. 2017. Yeah, I, I I bought my first real estate stock, I think it was in 2014. Uh, then I bought a few more, a couple of more, you know, REITs and stuff like that. But it wasn't until 2017 where I bought my first physical property in September of 2017. Nice. So 2017, really, it started your, your active investing. Um, in- right. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, so 2017, it sounds like, I mean, a few things popped out when you were talking about your journey up till now. Um, you bought two properties, one is one in Pittsburgh, one in Orlando. Both of them had been off market, essentially, or had been on market, but for an right. extended duration. So 50 plus days, 60 plus days. Yeah. Um, yeah. 100 days, the first one, 90 days, the second one. So these were obviously overpriced properties. Um, it sounds like you you uh, you offered lower than their, their asking value. 
um, and then take us through the strategy that you're using. It sounds like you're almost note investing, but um, you're going, you're buying the property and then just selling it to the the uh, renter um, once the renter comes on board. Right. So what I wanted to do once, like I said, I, I had seen this webinar one time and, you know, the guy was explaining, but his method was he, he got private lenders to lend him the money and then he would buy the property in cash and then he will pay uh, the lender a portion of the rent. So what, or whatever, what might have you, I did that in, in, in Pittsburgh, but I bought, it was my own cash. So I paid 8,000 in cash and then I turned around and sold it for the same price that the bank was selling it for. So I bought it for eight and I sold it for 27. That's yeah. how much the bank was selling it for. Okay. Uh, the realtor was great enough to take pictures, take videos and gave the property was in decent condition and then he must work more cosmetic. Uh, and we put that in the listing and he found a tenant buyer that was willing to do the work himself. He, I only asked for 10% down. And, um, and then from there, he, he, uh, pay, he's paying me the monthly, you know, my monthly mortgage. Uh, it was an eight-year deal that I got with him. So it was 96 months and now had, three. The note that you had with this, uh, this tenant buyer. With the, new, with the tenant buyer. Yeah, it's it for like eight years. Eight-year term, yeah. Right. Okay. So... So the new, the one I got in December, January of 2019, 2020, the owner, like I said, it was on the market. It was a for sale by owner. And I saw this one on Zillow and I waited a couple of weeks to a couple, maybe a month or so. And then I called him. Um, he wasn't, it didn't seem like he was interested at first in selling it on a monthly, you know, monthly payment. He didn't know what that was. So I kind of explained it to him. I emailed him a lot of information, the pros and the cons of seller financing. He called me back like a, a few days later and he said, yeah, I'm willing to do this. I gave him 5,000 down so he could move, use that money to move. And then when I got the tenant buyer, uh, again, through a realtor that my brother recommended, uh, I got a 10% down from the buyer, from the tenant buyer. He qualified for a mortgage. I had to, I had to find a mortgage broker. So I, you know, it's, it's a bunch of steps. You know, you gotta make sure they qualify for a mortgage. Uh, that's a B you got to make sure that they have the money. I'm not asking for 20% down. I'm asking for at least anywhere between five and 10%. I want them to get in. And then I have a loan servicing company, collect the payments for me, send the payment, you know, the, let's say the, uh, receipts to the tenant buyer. And then the, the money comes to me via check. I prefer check. Cause at least I could, on my ledger, I could keep I could keep tabs of everything if that if I made sense. Out yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. That's really a, that's interesting. I've never. Um, I mean, that's definitely a, a niche strategy that I, you know, not many people employ. So, are you ever on title for these properties, or are you just? Um... Yeah, I am on title until until it the the note is bought off, and then that's it. I'm and then I'm done. So then I ha that's why you always got to keep getting properties because you're getting the cash flow, but it's for a minimum of a few years. Like this deal I got in Orlando, I have a contract for five years. So I have a tenant buyer for two years. So in other words, he has to buy me out and then I pay off the seller. Again, if I made sense. And, yeah. then, at, and then, um, then I'm out of the deal. And then now it's just the new buyer that he's responsible because he's going he's gonna to qualify for a mortgage. Right. So again, I have to get a mortgage broker. I have to make sure they qualify. So in Pittsburgh, I had to find one. In, in Orlando, I had to find one. 
So it's it's a lot of due diligence on my part and, and trying to get help from other people that could, you know, give me um, some recommendations. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I mean, so every every chink of the chain in, in a real estate transaction, there's always value added. So it sounds like, um, so the, the the tenants that you're selling to, uh, the, the reason that they're not, so this person, um, you bought the house for 8000 8, and then you turned around and you sold it to the tenant buyer for the same that the bank was originally selling it for, $27,000. Um, right. The reason you were able to do that is because the basically you were able to buy cash originally. And yes. This, um, and this person, whoever is buying it from you, probably was not able to qualify for mortgages. That, that exactly. And, and that's the strategy we look for, Gabe, is trying to find the tenant buyers that might not qualify for a mortgage, either A, uh, they're an entrepreneur, they got their own business. So what I heard through other bankers and through other investors, there's seasoning involved. So they have to have two years worth of W-2s or whatever, they, W-9s, whatever uh, they have. And also they got to have some type of money in the bank. So banks are, are, are being stricter with their lending process. Uh, just recently, I think in January, February, um, Chase Bank raised their credit uh, score to 700 to qualify for a mortgage. Jeez, that's pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah. So now you see that this might be a trend eventually um, down the future with other banks. Yep. So the people we look for are, you know, they have a ding in their credit. Again, you you, you know what happens, Gabe. Well, well, you know, 700 is not that, I mean, that's not that bad, to be honest. I mean, there's tons no, of No, I agree. 600 range. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, but for some reason, you know, like, again, with entrepreneurs, uh, banks see them as risky, you know, cause they have, they don't have that steady, you know, W2 paycheck. Mm-hmm. So that's what we, we go after, you know, we, and, um, like Office I said, the, somebody yeah, does. exactly. Someone that can't qualify, you know, they might've had a ding in their credit because they might've had a medical bill or they might've lost their job and, you know, something that, you know, as they say, what bad things happen to good people sometimes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I mean, that, that's a, I mean, I love that it's a, it's a niche um, strategy that not a lot of people employ. So um, congratulations for finding that. And, and, uh, and you know, really Thank you. Chasing after it sounds like you've got two under your belt right now. Well, it took a long time, though, Gabe, <laughs> to to finally pick a niche that I wanted to do, and this was it. Yeah. Excuse me. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a uh, a lot of investors. Um, the, the hardest part is that first deal because you got to pull the trigger. Um, you got to get over that fear. So it sounds like. Uh, no, I had the fear too, Gabe. I really did. I, I it took so long. That's let me do. Let me. Just do something. And like I said, it was a, a real estate stock. Even that took a, a few days or, or, or maybe a week before I decided what to do. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, awesome. So you're here now. you got two two deals under your belt. You're looking for more. Um, I wanna yeah, get, definitely. Yep. I want to dive a little bit further into, uh, you know, the details um, of, of your transaction. Um, we all know, you know, real estate, it's a, it's a process. It starts with finding the property. Um, it sounds like you have pretty strict criteria that you look for. So t- go, yeah. take us through, like, how do you go about finding um, these deals? How do you qualify them? Um, and what are you looking for when you're looking for this, you know, unique type of transaction? Sure. Well, the one in Pittsburgh, that was more a shot in the dark. I had heard of a, you know, um, we're w- watching that webinar I did in 2016, where the, uh, the investor paid cash or got in a lender to lend them the cash. I pretty much took that model where I found a property that needed a little bit of work, not a massive amount of work, 
Um, and I looked in a certain zip code. So I looked at, um, I looked at, when I looked at Zillow or Realtor, I always look at the county website and I see, you know, who owns it. Um, you know, the, the, the comps, um, I look at also the, um, uh, the city around it. So I, I, I download a report, which is called the comprehensive, I think, annual financial report, C-A-F-R. I, that's what it's called. And it's some reports are like two to 300 pages, but I look at the introduction section, uh, the financial section, and then I think the, um, and, and there's, um, oh my God, I, I, there's a third one. I got to look for it, but there's three sections of the report that I look at, which is the job growth. Uh, look at are people coming into the city or they're moving out. What are the industries? So it's a long process, but you have to do that before you make that investment. Are people, you know, are you going to invest in Michigan where people are moving out by the droves and it's a one industry city, you know, it had, you know, it was the motor city. Detroit, yeah. So if you look at something like that, you have to find out. And you and it's easy to Google. I just put um, Fortune 500 companies in Pittsburgh. And I found, like, I think it was five or six. And then I looked at the hospitals. The hospitals are, you know, healthcare is a big industry. So I looked at uh, something called walkscore.com. And I, when I put the address, it gives me, it tells you, it gives you a score of how walkable the your property is to to the neighborhood so in that particular instance i have a walk score like it was i think it was like 84 so it was very they call it a walker's paradise (laughs) so that's what i look for the property in orlando unfortunately that walk score got like i think a 20 it's more of car related so you have to have you know a car or motorcycle or something so the same thing i look at the county website i see who owns it uh then i might either call them or send them a letter or, or get in contact with the realtor, I look at the report, the comprehension uh, annual financial report. And again, it's a lot of pages, but there's only a few things you need to look at, which is the financial, the statistics, people moving in and out, things like that. Um, I look at census.gov. So there's about a few websites that I look at, census.gov, WalkScore, uh, the county website, and it gives you tons and tons of information that you can make an intelligent decision whether to move forward or not. Awesome. Hopefully I made sense. Sorry, I was long. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking notes here just to make sure that I understand the, exactly how you do it. So um, the, the CAFR, the Comprehensive Analysis, Financial Analysis Review, whatever you call it. I've never yeah, Financial Report. Yeah, that's, and, I, and I learned that from another investor. And, it's, and, and, and I got that idea from Warren Buffett, who always reads a company's financial report. So basically, it's almost the same thing. It gives you the financial, the financial report for the basically for the area. For the exactly, market. yeah, and it tells you again the job growth, the job, the job losses. It gives you pretty much a, a good, a good uh, a gauge of of the market you're looking to invest in. Nice, nice. Yeah, the easiest way, Gabe, will be to ask people that, hey, what is is this market? And that's what I do with my brother in Orlando. I said, how you how you like the area? He said, oh, I love it. And that was easier, but I still did my analysis. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we, we usually use best places, um, bestplaces.net, but uh, CAFR oh. sounds much more comprehensive, so I might, uh, might add that to my, my tool belt when I do my due diligence. 
Um, best places. Yeah, I heard of best places, but I never used them. Yeah, yeah, it's just another another way to look at demographic statistics. Um, you know, it gives you the MSA and all that stuff. So, um, so you you use CAFR, you get the walk score, um, and then you look at census.gov. What you're looking for is a net positive migration into where yeah. you're at. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, I love it. And then uh, to actually find the, um, I mean, you're looking for very specific. Uh, properties here um it sounds like the ones that have been on market for a while so do you go on to zillow and you only search properties that are 60 plus days 50 plus days something like that yeah definitely and the one in in, in pittsburgh the property like i said it was uh, it needed more cosmetic uh, fixing than anything but the one in orlando the one i found it just needed uh in fact they didn't need any work uh, and that was on the market, I think, for 90 days, like I said before. But I looked for 60 and above and at a price point between 200 to 300,000. Um, I look for at least minimum two beds, one bath, or three, two. Some I find four, two, but I prefer the three, two. Awesome. I like it. Um, so, I mean, that's really that's good stuff. Uh, I'm glad we got into a little bit of what you've done so far. I want to shift gears just a little bit because we do like to keep this around 20 minutes. So, um, sure, sure. You also uh, you also are a fellow podcaster, which is fantastic. I love having uh, other podcasters on the show. Um, so tell us, like, what have been the benefits um, of running your own podcast for you know for people who may be interested, other real estate investors, other agents who may be interested in uh, starting a podcast? What are the benefits that you found um, for yourself after you started yours? Oh, definitely. I you know what, Gabe, the the best part is you learn as you go. And believe me, when I'm interviewing investors uh, that are multifamily investors or property managers, I learn the business and I'm listening, taking notes. You know, when I do the show notes, you know, I'm writing down all the information they tell me. Um, The benefit is you're networking online. If you if you can't do it in person, like I like to go to networking events, but this is to me the next best thing. You meeting fellow investors, uh, fellow business owners, and you learn as you go because they're telling you stuff that you might not know. And you know, like you mentioned, best places. I heard of it, but I never used it. Now you know what you're saying. I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me look at that. You know, um, so it's, it's it's just the benefit of of exchanging information and 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 just uh, building a, a community. You know, um, I met you through LinkedIn and, you know, we talked a few days ago um, and you're connected that I want to keep in contact with, obviously, as long as possible. So the benefits is learning and building a a community and just and meeting new friends. Awesome. I I mean, yeah, that was kind of a loaded question because you're on a podcast and I'm on podcast. Uh, (laughs) That's okay. Uh, I mean, I I would echo echo the same benefits. I've learned so much from the people who come on. I mean, just like you, you've, uh, I've, I've actually, I've heard of the strategy you're implementing, but now I'm not in as much detail. So that's, uh, that's yeah. definitely interesting to hear. Um, so I'm going to ask you a few more questions. And actually sure. just when I said that I was thinking a little bit more about, um, you know, specifically the, the strategy that you're implementing. So when you go about um, doing, selling the property to your, your tenants, um, what, how do you go about doing that? Are you, are you do you create the note yourself? Um, do, do you have a specific servicing company that you feel is uh, is yeah? There's that, a yeah. I, 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 
I do. I definitely get a third party, and that was recommended by uh, by the RIA that I used to belong to, and by other podcasters I've heard, other investors. So there's like, I, if I remember correct, there's a couple of them. Uh, there's one called FCI Trust, I think. Uh, what I'll do is I'll definitely send you that information, and I and the other one's called HomeLoans.com, I think, and they service the note for you. So in other words, they collect the money, they send the paperwork and if there's anything needed by to let's say i they they need to contact me they will but basically what they do is they collect the payments they take a fee most of these companies charge 25 to 35 dollars to service the note and then they send you the difference um they could also depending on the company they could recommend a lawyer if you need to evict somebody they don't most of them don't do it themselves but those are the two that i i think it's called Trust FCI or FCI Trust. I'll definitely get you the information. And the other one, it's home. I think it's HomeLoans.com. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds good. It's. Uh, I mean, maybe something that I'd be, I'd be interested in. Um, doing yeah, that. I don't want to collect the money. I don't want to be landlord. So yeah. I'd rather let a professional do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I got no problem being a landlord, but it definitely sounds like a, sounds like a good strategy. So it's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that on here. Um, so I'm going to move us a little bit forward. Uh, every, every time I have a guest on the show, I like to hear a little bit about their experiences, um, and their stories. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're relatively fresh in, uh, in the industry. Um, you know, you've been, you've been learning about it since 2007. So you've got, almost, you know, over a decade of, of knowledge behind it. Um, you know, not as much experience, but you're, you're, you're gaining it, um, you know, every year that passes. So, yeah. uh, why don't you tell, um, everybody, take us to kind of an experience that you had, a story. Um, you know, something that kind of caught you off guard um, and tell us what was the lesson that you learned from, from that experience. Sure. I, w- I'll, one story that some people tell me not to say is it's, um, which is real estate related was just jumping from niche to niche. You know, I had the shiny object syndrome for, <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, and at the beginning I wanted to do wholesaling. Then I wanted to do fix and flip, then tax liens. And I never got anything done. Um, that's the biggest lesson I ever learned is, you know, get, start something, finish it. Uh, and for me, it was the owner financing, the creative financing. And I, I realized all, all these years went by, Gabe, almost 10 years went by. And I'm not even talking about buying stocks or anything. I'm just talking about the physical property from 2007 to 2017, all those years went by because I could not pick a niche. It was just, I just never finished anything. And, you know, if somebody wants to do wholesaling, then stay with it. That's it. Work on it for a year or two, become an expert, then outsource that part and then jump to the next niche. Uh, one book I bought a few years ago, um, if you don't mind me saying, is The One Thing by uh, Jay oh, yeah. Papasai. Yeah, 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 that's a good one. Yeah, and it just tells you, um, you know, just pick one or two things and 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 cut the distractions, you know, not having a cell phone near or Facebook open or anything like that. And, you know, stuff like that really happened to me during those years because, you know, blame HGTV. <laughs> I, I used to love that channel. I used to love to learn how to fix and flip. But it's, you know, they give you the easy part, but it's really hard because I know some investors that after a couple of years, they just stopped doing it because they didn't like it. So yeah. pick one niche and finish it. Again, if it's wholesaling, just do it. And don't be like me where you jump from niche to niche 
and you you find that object, you go, oh my god, I want to try this. It, it, for me, it didn't work. Yep. No, no, I, I'm I'm the, I uh, had a little bit of the same thing. You know, I've, I've done wholesaling, I've done flipping, and uh, it really does come down to choosing one thing and, and getting really good at that because that's where the expertise comes in, um, and when your yeah. value really really plays out there. Um, and I totally agree with you on the on the flipping thing. I, I did a few flips and. It's not for me. It's not what they they uh, show on HGTV. But all you flippers <laughs> out there or aspiring flippers, um, I do not want to dissuade you. It is, uh, you know, no, if exactly. you got a and you got uh, if you're a good designer, then um, go for it. But just know that it's hard. It's goddamn, it's, it's hard. Yeah, um, it's another job, right, Gabe? It's a, it's, yep. It is a job because once you get that paycheck, then you got to do it again. You know, so yeah, you don't have that money working. As I say, the passive. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, um, so we are, we're closing on the end here, William, um, but I appreciate having you on. Before you leave, though, I, uh, I'd like to know, I always ask a guest, you know, what is the one thing, um, if you were to go back to William back in 2007 um, and tell him just one piece of advice going forward in real estate, what would that piece of advice be? Definitely. Like I said before, pick that one niche and just stay with it. Awesome. Um, get your education, but if you're going to buy Sanitation. Make sure it's 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 something that you could use, and and you get the support that you need, um, whether it's email support, phone support, or, or things like that. Because some of these companies back then didn't offer any type of support, or if it was, it was like three months of support. Things like that. Uh, I wish I would have known back in two thousand and seven. But basically, just picking the one niche and just staying with it. Perfect. I love it. That's uh, that's very good advice. Um, awesome. So, you know, again, thank you for coming on here and sharing your wisdom, especially in your very specific niche. Um, you know, we all need to receive things as well. So if somebody watching were to bring you something, what would you want to receive? Whew, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a big self-help type of guy. So any type of advice on self-help, how can I can prove myself more to make me a better man? that type of advice I would like, you know, whether it's from a Tony Robbins or Gay Peterson, I'm always open to, to listening to someone that has that wisdom. Awesome. I love it. Well, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I appreciate you having you on. Um, if, if somebody didn't want to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them, uh, them to do that? Yeah, they could email me at peerpeerrealestate at gmail.com. That's peer, the number two peer real estate at gmail.com. Perfect. So you heard it from him. If you guys want to reach out, um, email him at uh, William at peer to peer. That's a number two, two. at gmail.com. Um, or I will also put his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So you can go ahead and click through there. Um, so yeah, third time I've said this, but again, William, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it's, it. No, um, it's my pleasure, Gabe. Absolutely. For everybody uh, listening and watching, we appreciate you guys um, coming here with us and uh, learning from William um, as I have as well. Um, if you guys want to support the show, the best way is just to give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, or share it with your friends and family. Um, and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share it with your friends online, whatever it may be. If you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. 
Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.